Hello guys, you're listening to the Not The Top 20 betting show. We're sponsored this season by Black Type Bet. Black Type are offering a free £10 football bet. For anyone that hasn't signed up to Black Type by now but would like to give it a go, if you sign up using the referral code NTT20, you'll get a £10 free football selection. You don't even need to deposit. Check out Black Type today. That's blacktype.bet. For those of you who already have a Black Type account, there's still a chance to win a £20 free bet from Black Type, but it's a bit trickier. You have to win Scoreboard, which is where you have to choose a game that will be nil-nil and a game that will have over 4.5 goals in the EFL. We had two winners last week, so let that be an inspiration to you guys heading into this weekend. Get involved. Tweet us your picks on Twitter, at NTT20pod and at BlackTypeBet. George, it was a, a generally a fairly positive weekend last weekend. Another week where we really nailed the match in focus. Yeah, exactly. Match in focus. You went for a draw. I went for both teams to score. That was uh, Preston, Bristol City. Lo and behold, one all. Perfect. The sweet spot. Um, so that was good. I, both of our naps won as well, which was nice. So anyone who had the nap double of, of Norwich and Rotherham, Rotherham, finally... Uh, got me, got me, got me over the line. Obviously, I was livid that I went for the draw no bet insurance. Should have just taken what I what I had. But um, but all in all, a decent week for us both. I'm minus seven point zero nine. You're minus seventeen point eight four. I found this quite a tough week, Ali. I don't know if you agree with me, especially in the championship. There's nothing that really stood out. But our match in focus is in the championship, and it's our job to find an angle. Do you think there's anything to be said for the stage of the season we're at, uh, Georgian and? the fact that bookies now have so much at their fingertips that things that we might have uh, a strong feeling about, well, this team will beat this team, often you're checking the prices and there's just nothing to be, get too excited about. Definitely. It, it's, I mean, it's different to the yeah, start yeah, of the no, season, I, isn't I, it? I mean, my favourite punting day of the season is, is the first day of the season by miles <laughs> um, because you can feasibly actually have an edge and there's just no performance data from which the bookies can go off. It's your opinion versus theirs. Um so, yeah, I mean, there, there obviously are going to be edges still, but uh, but yeah, I didn't. I looked down the list um, when I started going through it, and, and straight away I, I was a bit stuck. And yet, uh, a decent few weeks for us. So let's see if we can replicate that this week. Our match in focus, the obvious one would have been Blues Villa, which is on Sunday at midday. Uh, we we made that the match in focus in the return leg. So we thought. We'll mix it up a bit, uh, go for a game that will be slightly less well covered and a big game as well down at the bottom of the championship, Reading against Wigan. Uh, in the championship, I think there's probably a, a fairly strong argument now, George, that it is four teams really trying to avoid that last relegation spot. If we consider that Ipswich and Bolton would need uh, the miracle of miracles to stay up, we're looking at Rotherham, who currently occupy 22nd on 33 Reading above them also on 33, Millwall 34 and Wigan 36. So it's incredibly tight. And, and, and Reading host Wigan this weekend, it's going to be on an absolute knife edge. But in your analysis of this game, where have you fallen in terms of a, a selection and, and why? I think the key here remains, if Wigan are to stay up, and I think they will stay up, um, I, I still think they're, they're the outsiders in this, in this race. Um, it's going to be because of their home form. Their away form remains... Terrible. It looked for a, for a brief moment midweek like they were going to get that away win on the road before a, a Derby County team that I I, I don't really rate very highly and um, was able to come back from behind um, due to a, a ridiculous goal. Um, but so yeah, I mean, if you're looking at their their recent away games, that they've lost two one to Derby, they've drawn at Rotherham, they've lost three one to Forest, they've lost one nil to Wednesday, they've lost one nil to West Brom. 
it, it, it's, it's fairly desperate viewing. And, and the last win they got away from home was against Stoke on, uh, I think, on, on their second game of the season in the league. So back in August. Um, it, it's difficult to find many positives with that. I, I'm not a massive fan of this Reading team either. Um, but since the new manager came in, uh, the home form has been much, much improved. Um, so uh, Reading are favourites, but not given kind of the stats stuff based on, on Wigan's performances. Um, you know, black type have Reading 6-4, to four, the draw 9-4 to four, and Wigan 15-8. to eight. Um, You have to think that Reading are, are, are rightful favourites and have to wonder if the market is, is, is correct. Are they short enough, basically, is where I'm looking. Well, the, 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 the absence of Nelson Oliveira is a huge blow for them. And, um, you know, we mentioned a few times in January how, you know, you can't necessarily expect January additions uh, in the main to come in and make an instant impact. Well, uh, just off the top of my head, it's hard to think of a championship player who's made a bigger impact after joining in January than Nelson Oliveira. It's not just uh, the, the goals that he's scored and, and he has um, certainly done very well in that sense. But also he, he's the type of attacking player that does a bit of everything. He brings others into play. He has got a selfish streak, but he has the technical ability to create chances for himself and he's got an excellent shot with both feet. Uh, and Reading fans are gutted to be losing him for the next few weeks with a hamstring injury. And I, I dare say that that's why Reading uh, might have drifted a little bit over the last 24 hours or so. Um, without him, it could be Mete up front. He's gone through patches of scoring this season. Bod Varson, of course, uh, has also had patches of goals earlier on in the season. The youngster, Danny Loder, uh, who's very highly rated but hasn't got any professional goals, he, he would be a bit of a wildcard pick. It could be one of those um, teams. I'm interested to see how Wigan set up in this game. Uh, of course, they will feel probably a little, well, very disappointed to be down in the relegation battle, but maybe a little confused as well because they, they'll know from so many of their home games that they can compete uh, and they can be the dominant team in championship games this season. So um, they've got a real issue, as you mentioned, with their away form. So I'm, I'm wondering whether they'll try and take the game to Reading or not. I suspect, given their nervousness away from home, they might not do that. And, and Reading are a team comfortable in possession. Jose Gomez is a manager that wants them to have the ball. They've had the majority of the ball in most of his games so far. So I, I can see Wigan defending happily against this Reading side. They did so for the most part against Derby in midweek, a team who play 4-2-3-1, same as Reading, who have a lot of possession often without uh, much thrust, much penetration. And I think that you can say the same about this Reading side. And of course, Wigan lost that game. I'm not ignoring that. But the equaliser came from a, a, a one in a million strike, basically, from Bennett. Um, and after that, the momentum, if you will, was against them. So uh, I think it could be interesting. I think that, that Wigan themselves, they created chances against Derby. Not loads, but they were comfortable enough on the ball. And I'm not expecting them to, to stink the place out in, at the Madstad, put it that way. I just wonder whether Reading without Oliveira have as much of a threat. So I think you can kind of tell that I'm not expecting this to be a, a particularly exciting game in terms of uh, loads of chances at both ends. I think it will be a good watch just purely because of the tension, which brings uh, an excitement value of its own. And um, I want to oppose goals. Unfortunately, that's very much the bookies' view as well. So the price is not exciting, but I'm going for under 2.5 goals in this game at four to six. Five of Reading's last seven home games uh, have gone under 2.5 goals. On top of that, they're missing their, their best goal scorer, their player who I think can create opportunities for himself better than anyone against a, a team defending deep and in a low block. Uh, and Wigan at the moment, they're not exactly shipping goals um, and they haven't been scoring many. So I'm taking the unders uh, at four to six here. 
Snap. Really? Yeah. No way. Snap, yeah. I, I completely agree. And I think the other key thing here is that it's, you know, in the state of the season with both teams, it, it's imperative that neither team loses pace with the other one here. Yeah. To an extent that even though a draw helps no one, I think both managers would probably take it now. Yeah. Um, so for that reason, I think it's going to be very, very cagey indeed. And, and the lack of Wigan's belief on the road, I can't see them getting more than a goal. And Reading, um, hardly the most potent with, with Oliveira missing. So, um, yeah, under two and a half for me as well. Uh, we love hearing from you guys. We love hearing what you're thinking ahead of the weekend. Obviously, we do a fair amount of research into our own selections and, and it's always great to hear other people's views, especially on a Thursday and a Friday. So do tweet us at NTT20pod your thoughts on this game between Reading and Wigan. It's, it's a hugely, hugely important game. Uh, wh where's your nap coming this weekend, George? What's your best bet from the EFL? Sit down. Uh, the best bet um, I'm not me. Tony Fulis doing press conferences standing up although maybe that would be quite a good thing to <laughs> you're do you're already sitting down um, yeah my nap is, is Sunderland uh, to beat Wickham um, sorry Sunderland AFC Sunderland AFC to beat Wickham I, um, wow. I, I can't for the life of me work out why this is odds against at 11 to 10 um, as mentioned in the midweek pod um, despite flattering to deceive for the most part of the season the last few weeks has definitely seen a shift in the performances of Sunderland, and we've seen rampant dominant displays since um, the you know the, the, the Gillingham game, where they were in a bit of trouble and they eased clear. Since then, they've had three two-nil wins on the trot. We are going to count the Checker Trade game here because it was quite an important one to be found on them, um, and they are just a different beast now. Um, whether it's the signing of, of, of Ledbetter. Um, obviously because of his set pieces a lot of weight's been put on that but it just seems to me like they're playing with more freedom um, George Honeyman's coming into a really good spell of form as well Grigg despite the goals not coming is getting into position to score goals I seen, wonder if even the, the, the centre-back they got in in January Dunn from, Dunn, from Burnley exactly. he's in the Ireland squad today announced as well so uh, it just feels like maybe even Josh Madger coming out of the club has been a benefit to them I don't know if there was an over-reliance on him but as a team they're just functioning much better Wickham, on the other hand, are really, really struggling. Um, that's four defeats on the bounce. They've conceded um, in you know they've four against uh, Posh, three against Luton, two against Barnsley. It's been a difficult run of run of games, no doubt about that. But they're coming up into another really tough game here. And um, and as before, when I was opposing Sunderland regularly, um, I think the market began began or certainly did react to the fact that the, the data was so poor. And I'm not sure if it's quite caught up on the on the fact that not only you know, I always said when Sunderland fans were getting annoyed, either the performances would change or the results would change. The results did start to change, and now the performances have changed, and they're back on the winning way. And um, so, yeah, at 11 to 10, this is a strong, strong fancy for me. It's really nice, really nice stuff, that. And my nap is Mansfield in League Two. Uh, they're playing against Port Vale. Now, Vale at Vale Park are having a very tough time. They've lost six home games in a row in the league. Since the start of November, it's just two points, two draws and seven defeats at home. Uh, we've touched before and we've shared articles on our Twitter page about the issues at Port Vale. It's, a, it's a, a, an age-old problem that we've seen elsewhere with an owner who has been in charge of the club for a while and slowly but surely uh, things have turned sour. Uh, it's not considered that, uh, from the fans' point of view, that the owner is 
giving the club, the football club, uh, the, the correct foundations in terms of finances to succeed and has perhaps not made the best decisions in terms of hiring managers over the last two years as well. So we've seen them drop from League One uh, to a League Two relegation battle in just a few years. And it's fair to say that home atmosphere it gets massively affected by this, especially when a team has lost six games in a row. So they're playing against a Mansfield side, very much gunning for automatic promotion, uh, very much one of the favourites. Uh, for that and in the top three at the moment. They've got the best defence in the division, Mansfield. I suppose the price reflects two things. Uh, Mansfield's away form is not sensational, uh, by which I mean it's not as good as their home form. It's still not horrendous and they still have shown uh, some qualities away from home uh, over the course of the season. But also the, the absence of Tyler Walker, their striker, suspended so stupidly for swearing at a linesman uh, in injury time the other day. Having said that, they didn't have him last game and they scored four without him. Nicky Jose, of course, not a bad backup striker. CJ Hamilton seems to get shifted around various different positions within every game, uh, but we've seen him be a goal threat fairly consistency, uh, consistently this season. And with George Grant still putting the strings in midfield, Neil Bishop in that midfield as well, offering the experience and steel and, and an exceptional defence. As I said, the best defensive record in the league this season. Uh, I feel fairly confident that, again, a bit like you, at odds against, I just think there's a massive gulf of class between these two, two teams. And I don't think that Vale's home advantage or perceived home advantage uh, is really um, in evidence at the moment. So I'm happy to have Mansfield here. Fairly straightforward at six to five as my... Two-point nap. Uh, so, where should we go next? Let's go up to the championship. You said you found it hard to pick anything this week. What did you end up with? Yeah, Borough to beat Brentford at home at oh, 11 to 8. Oh, the same as me. Ah, perfect. <laughs> yeah, okay. This we didn't compare picks this, this week. This is one of the first weeks ever I haven't sent them over to you. Um, yeah, I'll be brief here. Brentford are terrible away from home. Okay. Um, they're absolutely shocking. Um, so... Um, for that reason, and, and the Sheffield Wednesday game the other day just shows that despite this this run of good form, um, it doesn't really matter. They're, they're a Jekyll and Hyde team who can't play away from Griffin Park. Middlesbrough's form has, has massively stabilised at home after a really difficult run um, with some very, very professional performances against Ipswich and, and, and QPR and obviously holding leads to that one all draw as well. Um, I think possibly you're getting an edge here because Brentford's overall performance data is so good. Um, compared to the league position, but away from home, they're just not the same team. And um, yeah, again, I'm, I think this is a cracking bet at eleven to eight. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm. I started with similar th uh, thought process, uh, seeing the price, thinking that Brentford's away form was such that it's easy to get against them. Um, understanding, as you said, that Brentford's overall performance data uh, makes them makes them out to be a, a better side. But we've seen this all season for Brentford. Their, their away form has been terrible. And I think especially when they go away from home against teams like Middlesbrough, and there are a number of teams like this in the division, um, strong physical teams uh, who can mix it and who, uh, who, who make who make it very difficult for Brentford to play their normal game away from home. We've talked a lot about pragmatism and, and the lack thereof uh, away from home as being an issue. I think age and experience probably comes to the fore. It's no, it's no surprise to see some of the youngest teams in the league, like Brentford, like Wigan and, and Swansea to an extent, struggle away from home for consistency and struggle mostly uh, to, uh, to impose their home form and their style of play onto uh, opposition. Uh, when they are at the opposition's gaff. Um, so Middlesbrough, they've conceded only 10 goals in 16 home games 
there's no surprise that, that that's that good. But it's worth noting, uh, I think, if anything, to, to my eye, they look stronger defensively uh, over the last few weeks. The, the addition of John Obi Mikel and the partnership that him and Besic are developing uh, as the two in front of the back five. So just if you can get past Mikel, uh, and many can't do that, then you, you obviously have the back three, whether uh, it's Ayala, Fry, Flint, Shotton. Um, they're so physical. They're so dominant. It's incredibly difficult. Mopai and Ben Rama and, and Watkins are going to have a hell of a job playing through them, playing around them. Um, they've obviously been playing Savile and Housen at wing-back uh, with a couple of injuries and, and suspensions. We'll see how they go. Uh, and I've been impressed with Ashley Fletcher. Him and Asan Belonga have been the, the starting front two in the last few weeks. And with Lewis Wing behind them, uh, Borough don't commit that many men when they attack. They prefer to make sure that if they lose it, they still have that solid base behind them. Uh, and that is obviously defensive in its mindset. But I've been quite impressed with the chances they've created over the last few weeks with Fletcher and Asombolonga as a nuisance and with Wing as the real quality, uh, Besic as well, driving from deep. So I, I, I think it's worth pointing out as well that, that under any Tony Pulis team, Pulis ball equals hoof ball equals uber direct tactics. Uh, that's not what I've seen at all watching Borough in the last few weeks. It's not that they're playing some sort of ticky-tacker short passing game, but they, I would profile them much more at the moment as a, a, a counter-attacking team rather than a, just a straight direct team. Uh, they move the ball quickly when they do win it. They try and get it into the feet of wing. They try and get it into the front two and go from there. And they don't commit too many men forward. So, um, uh, yeah, uh, watch this one if you can. Uh, I think it's interesting to, to check out the styles here. Despite that, they are still a very strong team, aren't they? A very, um, a very powerful team and, and a team that you would consider to be fairly solid. So I'm also going for Middlesbrough to beat Brentford at home. That's at 11 to 8 uh, the oldest team in the league against the second youngest. And uh, they have uh, a great chance of winning this one, I think. So Borough is our joint selection for the championship. Uh, where are you in League Two? For a, for a second, when you said the oldest team in the league against youngest, I was suddenly trying to work out both their dates the clubs were founded. <laughs> I'm very confused. Yeah, I'm going for my current League Two darlings. And squeeze. And MK Dons. I thought, I thought it was Exeter. Yeah, they lost, though, the other day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think the MK here are, are, are a good thing. Um, a sea of blue on odds checker. And, and I think the, even the 19 to 20 that's currently available with black type will soon be a thing of the past. Um, you know, the Sol Campbell loving at Macclesfield always looked like it was fairly... Um, it wasn't the most solid, let's say. Their performance data remained pretty shocking, down in the bottom two for most of it. And um, whilst they picked up some some big points recently, um, namely the, the three-all draw, that ridiculous... Um, Injury time saga when they hosted Crew, um, a very very good point as well at home to Colchester. But I do think that the MK Dons team are a cut above um, the teams they've faced recently. Um, we saw Berry wipe the floor with them uh, last time out as well. Um, MK Dons are absolutely flying. Uh, Chucks and AK back in the starting nine. I'm back amongst the goals. Kieran Agar playing alongside alongside him. That little sticky patch they went through has definitely come to an end with four straight wins on the bounce and it's just a shade of odds on. I mean, there's yeah. There's that, that suggests just more than a 50% chance that, that MK Dons win. And um, I think if you and I were going to this game not knowing what the odds were, we would expect it far more likely than that that we were going to see an away win. Um, so it's got to be value. Yeah, in League One, I'm taking Coventry. This game's on Friday night. They're 7-5 to five to beat Burton. Uh, Burton are unbelievably goal shy at the moment. They've failed to score in their last three league games. They've failed to score in four of their last six league games uh, they 
Is it too simplistic to say that they have trodden where many others have before and struggled after a long stretch of cup action, taking them to the Etihad and two legs against Man City? Uh, they really haven't performed that well in the league since then, I think it's fair to say. Uh, and they're nestled in mid-table. They're probably free and safe from relegation, but not playing at a particularly high level in the last few weeks. Um, th- when it comes to Coventry, we've kind of been noting whenever we talk about them this season that the underlying data is good and the results haven't always uh, been in line with that. But they are in good form at the moment. They've won three of their last four, and the the fourth was a draw against Luton away, in which they were very impressive, I must say, and dealt with an early injury to their striker very well, Uh, managed the game fairly well. We're probably lucky to get away with a point, but even so, uh, they have started to win the games that they should, if I can say, have been winning uh, early on in the season. And uh, they sort of put off-field issues to one side. They've dealt very well over the last few seasons with not letting that affect the football side of things, and that's impressive in itself. Of course, Bayless is is the star uh, coming from midfield, sort of number eight. Um, Bright Enabakare has come in from Wolves, and he does look too good for the division. His goal last weekend uh, showed that. He beats his man very easily, and his pace is exceptional. So he's a real real sort of star man for them as well. I just think they've got the quality, um, and and I'm not sure Burton is showing that much at the moment. So at 7-5, to I'm very happy to take commentary at home to beat Burton on Friday night, which leaves BTTS and the long shot, George. BTTS first. Yeah, BTTS for me is in Morecambe Forest Green um, at five to six. So is basically, it a yes? It's a yes, yeah. yeah. Uh, basically a pick and price. Um, it's as short as kind of three to four elsewhere. Um, so Brat Blatt type are being quite bullish here. Two teams who are really struggling for form um, who I would say both rely on scoring goals to get their points rather than keeping them out. Morecambe have a terrible record against top teams in the division this season. Forest Green are absolutely desperate for a win in order to ensure they, they do get that playoff spot that's now looking fairly perilous, having challenged the automatic spots just a few weeks ago. Um, the onus here is going to be on, be on attacking. Um, I don't think that Morecambe will be able to keep Forest Green out for 90 minutes. And similarly, I think they're going to have to commit men forward in order to try and get anything out of it. So at five to six, it looks to me like a knocking bet. Stevenage Berry, BTTS, yes, at 10 to 11 is my selection here. Uh, Berry struggle to have the same dominance away from home than they do at home. Uh, and that's not necessarily a massive issue because it, it speaks to how dominant they are at home. Um, they've kept four clean sheets in their 18 away games. Uh, so, uh, again, defensively, you know, they, they have struggled to keep the opposition out when they've gone on the road. Uh, with Ilias Chair on the form he's on for Stevenage, that's a massive tick in, in their box. The threat that he poses from from range basically from the edge of the box from set pieces as well he's absolutely exceptional he's scored a couple he's hit the bar with a few um, and he's just added quality to a Stevenage side that I think this season have been very functional and quite efficient in their functionality but he gives them a little bit of something extra uh, I am confident obviously that Barry will score in this one they've scored the most goals in the division their whole setup and shape is geared towards chance creation. Um, they are exceptional down both flanks, whether it's Adams at right wing back combining with O'Shea, whether it's Danny Mayer with the left wing back, they're, they're just great in those areas and they've got two strikers ready to stick the chances away, Nicky Maynard more often than not. So confident that they'll score, uh, confident that Stevenage have enough to, to create a couple of chances against them as well. So BTTS, yes, Stevenage Berry at 10 to 11, which leaves the long shot 
Which I said we were going to bin off this week, but I forgot. No, we're not. We're doing them. I, I don't care what you say. But Ali, what do Cheltenham, Port Vale, Lincoln, Macclesfield, Cambridge and Notts County all have in common? They all play in League Two. Correct. And in League Two, they have all lost 1-0 away at Tranmere. Nice. I think Tranmere are a bet here. Um, just as a bet. Who, sorry, who's playing them? Um, they are home to, to Crew on Friday night. Nice. Crew's away form is bad. Their home form is now bad as well. Um, they've lost 2-0 to Cobblers and 2-1 to Exeter. Um, Tranmere, very, very functional team, reliant on Norwood for goals, but don't concede many. And um, I can't really see this being any different. So for a long shot at 15-2, to two, given how often we see that, last time out, Notts County were beaten 1-0 um, when they had a home game, their last away game, a 1-0 win as well. Um, this is a trend that's because of the way they're set up. And, uh, and at 15-2, to two, that is my long shot. <laughs> it's going to be like 4-3 to crew, isn't it? <laughs> um, I've also got a 1-0 correct score pick for my, uh, for my long shot. I don't have such a sort of catchy entrance to it as you did, but it's Fleetwood to beat Walsall 1-0. Fleetwood constantly this season have, have been sort of flagged up to me when I've been going through um, the bets of a weekend because they're just a level below being a re- you know being a, a, a very good team in league 1 they're just that level below let's say it probably the line probably stops at peterborough doesn't it so the likes of blackpool coventry fleetwood i'd say are just the best of, of the rest really who aren't challenging really truly for the playoffs um, but there's a lot that i do like about them and i've and i've mentioned it plenty uh, with this game uh, it, it's partly to do with walsall i don't think they're very good they beat bradford in that game 3-2 the other day when they were down to 10 for the majority uh, apart from that, and that was a real sort of, you know, y- you couldn't take too much going forward from that game apart from, you know, very positive result. But um, Burton, they drew nil-nil with last week. Uh, the, the five games before the Bradford game, they, they lost all of those. So I want to be with Fleetwood here. Um, and the 1-0 is 6-1. to one. I, I think Walsall, without Andy Cook, who is their, their talisman up front, um, that's clearly a loss. Their top goal scorer is suspended. Fleetwood have won 13 games this season and 10 of them have been to nil. So I, I'm, I was looking for a Fleetwood to win to nil. Unfortunately, that's only three to one. Our long shot cutoff is four to one. Do I think Fleetwood are going to plunder goals? Not necessarily. Uh, I think they'll get ahead and I think they'll stay ahead. Fleetwood one nil uh, is my long shot. At six to one, it would be just so nice to win one of those. Uh, that's it from us. And George, uh, could you just run me through your selections for this one? As noted earlier, I didn't actually write these down earlier, so you're going to have to go through them. I believe we started with a nap in League One and Sunderland. Yeah, Sunderland the nap uh, at 11 to 10, Borough in the Championship at 7 to 5, MK Dons in League Two at 19 to 20, Morecambe, F, Forest Green, Rovers, both teams to score yes. Uh, one nil win for Tranmere for the long shot. And as with you, under two and a half goals in the match in focus. Brilliant. Yeah, I've gone with Borough as well in the championship. My nap is Mansfield in League Two to beat Port Vale. In League One, Coventry to beat Burton. Uh, my both teams to score pick, Stevenage and Berry BTTS, yes, at 10 to 11. And the long shot, Fleetwood to beat Walsall, one nil. At around six to one, we both went under 2.5 goals in our match in focus, Reading versus Wigan. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Uh, please do retweet, share. If you do enjoy it, we'd be most grateful if you could spread the word. Uh, and thank you so much for listening. That's it from us.